Well, if you're joining us for the first time, or you just need a reminder because it's early in the morning and you're tired, uh, we are in the last week of the Seminar for Growth. And uh, we are doing a study on change. Um, you know, change in life uh, has the possib- possibility to bring us closer to God, or in some circumstances, it can, it can feel like it's pulling us away from God. But we hope that you will find the power in this series to change yourself for the better, for a bigger purpose, for a bigger kingdom. Uh, so change is possible through, uh, through disciplining yourself and developing spiritual habits or disciplines. Have you ever noticed um, how we look at highly successful people and uh, we wonder, like, what are the big things that they're doing? What big things are they doing to achieve such success? And we start to wonder, what are some big changes that we need to make in our life in order for us to have this level of success? What big things do we need to do? Well, I want you to remember this idea uh, as we look at today. Uh, so really have this stick with you. It's often the small things that no one even sees that result in the big changes or the big things that everyone wants. I believe this is so important because we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. Uh, Before I get too deep, though, Uh, We're going to be taking a look at uh, disciplining ourselves today, Uh, self-discipline. But I want to take a quick survey um, with everyone here. Uh, By a show of hands, how many of you would say that you are highly disciplined? Raise your hand. All right, we got got one. All right, so uh, maybe you're like, Jeremy, uh, not so much. Uh, I would not consider myself to be highly disciplined. If you're there, please raise your hand. Raise your hand. Don't be so undisciplined. You don't even raise your hand. All right. Well, that's kind of what I expected. But I would like to respectfully disagree with you this morning. I believe that you are disciplined. I just think maybe, maybe you don't have the right disciplines. Here's what I mean. About four months ago, uh, I would have argued with, with uh, somebody that I was the most undisciplined person on the planet. I mean, I had trouble waking up in the morning. I hit the snooze button like 10 times. I ate like junk. I ate horribly. I did not eat well. In fact, if I was trying to lay off fast food and I would go out for a drive... Um, and I would see the golden arches, they would just start calling my name. And I had to swing through the drive-thru to, to, to grab something. And I had trouble with, I didn't have any morning routines, I didn't have any evening routines, I just, routines were just really hard for me. But, then I figured out a few months ago, I do have disciplines... They're just not the right disciplines. I mean, I don't think I missed a single meal in my lifetime, unless I was fasting. 
when 11.30 rolls around in the office, I know it's lunchtime. Even if I'm not the first one to ask if we want to go to lunch, I know it's lunchtime. When I come home from a long day, I know it's time to relax on the couch for a little bit. And I know when 9.30 rolls around, it's time to open up the refrigerator for an evening snack. As you can see, food is a popular theme in my life. So I had disciplines. I just didn't have the right disciplines. Uh, This actually all started to change for me just a few months ago. uh, When I started making better choices to take better care of myself, take better care of my body, um, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So today I want to give you a very simple definition of discipline that I am using for this message. And that is, discipline is simply choosing between what I want now and what I want most. Let me say that again. Discipline is simply choosing between what I want now and what I want most. And if, and if you look in your life, here's the thing. All of us are successful in some areas of, of our lives. Uh, we're all successful in some ways. And if you look in your life I, and, and in those successful areas, you will find consistent disciplines that are helping you succeed. And I really don't know what those areas are. Maybe you have a great marriage. Maybe your marriage is great. Uh, and I, but I guarantee you, if you look at your marriage, there are consistent disciplines that are there that are helping your marriage succeed. Maybe every evening you sit down for dinner together. You make it a point to do that. Maybe every year you make it a point to escape from your daily routine so that you can focus on your marriage. Maybe you have hobbies together. You go on hikes. Uh, those are disciplines that you have to help your marriage succeed. And the opposite is true as well. Any areas you're not succeeding, you've got some disciplines. They're just not the right disciplines. We can be so inconsistent in the right disciplines. Um, Maybe this year, uh, I mean, maybe this year you were like, I'm going to work out. Like that's, that's, that's my, that's my thing for the year. I'm going to work out. And, and on Monday you wake up and you go and you work out. And then on Tuesday you go and you wake out. And then Wednesday rolls around. You're like, Oh, my shoulders kind of hurt. And so you take a rest day and then Wednesday rolls out and it's kind of cold outside. So you take another rest day and then you've lost all of that momentum. Or maybe you're like, I'm going to eat well. And then on Monday you do a great job. You eat well, you you do awesome. Then Tuesday rolls around, you do it well. And on Wednesday, and then on Thursday and Friday, you've got momentum. And then Saturday rolls around, and the kids have to go here, and the kids have to go there. And then suddenly you're out driving, and the golden arches are calling your name. And then the next thing you know, you've supersized again. I totally and completely understand that. I get it. I've been there. Uh, in fact, I started this special diet known as the ketogenic diet. If you're not familiar with it, it is uh, high fat intake, low sugar, low carb. So low carb that it's only 50 carbs a day. And for uh, just, just so you know what that looks like, if I, ha- if I have two pieces of bread, I've got too many carbs in me. 
Um, and the idea is you go into the state known as ketosis and your body runs off of fat instead of carbs. Um, but the state of ketosis takes three days to a week to get, to get into. Um, and uh, so the one day uh, we were out and I knew I had a lot of carbs that day. Um, and we uh, were going out for dinner. And so I was like, well, I'll just order a salad. So I ordered a salad. And the salad was really good, which is a big statement for me. Like, if a salad's good, that's, that's a big deal. Um, well, I figured out there was a lot of glaze that was really sugary on the chicken that I had. So I knew I'm well over my carbs. I'm out of this state known as ketosis. I got to start all over tomorrow. So what did I do? Those of you who have been on a diet know exactly what I did. I, right after we ate, I ordered a medium pizza from Whitmer's. I ate three-fourths of the medium pizza. I went home. I had a whole quart of ice cream. I ate cereal. I ate candy. I ate every single thing that I could not eat because I knew I had to start over tomorrow anyway, right? So I get it. I've been there. Feeling a little bit of judgment, but that's okay. The same inconsistency we have with other disciplines can invade our spiritual disciplines. So last week we talked about Romans 7 and how Paul said these words. And I'm going to read Romans 7 verses 15 um, and a few verses after. He says, I really don't understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows me that I agree that the law is good. Okay, so I am not the one doing the wrong. Okay, who is it, Paul? It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing the wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. You cannot miss this. By nature, we are not self-disciplined. By nature, our sin pulls us away from what God wants for us and takes us to what our sin wants. Our sin nature bends us towards what is wrong rather than what is right. We want to do right, but our sin lures us away from God and tempts us to do what is wrong. So if you've ever felt like this, if you ever felt like Paul did here, and and he even cries out here in verse 24. Maybe you've been here. It says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And in fact, in the next verse, he goes on to answer this question. In other words, who can help me overcome the temptation? Who can help me walk away from sin? And he says in verse 25, he says, Thank God the answer is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then if you notice, it's not a principle, but the answer is in a person. Who can deliver me? And, and 
in Christ Jesus, or Christ Jesus our Lord, with his help I can be different. With his help I can change. By his power I can be transformed. I've been wanting to take better care of my body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. But I love glazed donuts. I like junk food. But I love this quote from Craig Rochelle uh, that has transformed not just my eating habits, but my spiritual disciplines, my spiritual habits. It's just affected me all around. Um, Craig Rochelle says, Christ in me is stronger than the wrong appetites in me. This one principle is redefining my life. And it's helping me grow more mature spiritually. It's helping me to develop, to develop better disciplines in my life. And then suddenly you look at it and it's like, well, I'm not really self-disciplined, but I became spirit-disciplined. Because the spirit inside of me is what is empowering me to do what I am incapable of doing myself. And the Holy Spirit led me to choose what I want most over what I wanted now. Some of you have been trying for years. So maybe today is the day that you get set free. You are never going to be self-disciplined. Self is bent towards sin. But when the Spirit takes over in you, suddenly you become Spirit-disciplined. Not, not me in me, but Christ in me. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Thank God it's found in Christ Jesus our Lord. By the power of Christ, we will choose what we want most over what we want now. We are going to train our bodies not to do what it wants to do, but to do what it should do. So now how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we move from where we are becoming uh, uh, disciplined in the wrong disciplines to disciplines in the right disciplines? So I want to read a passage of scripture this morning, um, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 9. So if you have your Bibles with you, I would encourage you uh, to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want to read a portion of Scripture where Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, um, and he's talking about running a race. Uh, now, we talked about, uh, talked about this to the Corinthians, and what you have to understand about the culture is the Corinthians would have been really, really familiar uh, with, with what Paul is saying here because they were really into this, these races known as the Ithman Games. Um, and these, these games were a huge uh, cultural thing. It was second only to the Olympics. And it brought, uh, the race bore for them patriotic prize, if, or pra- patriotic pride if they won. This was like, uh, this, is what, this was exactly like the Olympics. And if you won, you represented your community and there was great pride uh, in, in winning this. And so here's what Paul has to say in 1 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 24. And he's speaking into this culture that loved the race of the Ithman Games. In verse 24, he says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? And I love this next part. 
which uh, the Corinthians that were selected for these games would have been very familiar with this expression. Uh, these runners would have had a 10-month training course that they had to go, to, go through to win um, or to race. And so he says to them, so run to win. Run to win. All athletes are what? In verse 25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. He said all athletes are disciplined. They're going to run to win. In other words, you are not running to place. You are running to live out this call that God has on your life. You are running to win. You're not running for bronze. You're running for gold. You're going to run to win. All athletes disciplined in their training. Um, and in fact, these runners would have gone to uh, train for 10 months. They would have gone to this gymnasium. And if you don't know, that was a prized piece of architecture back in this day. Um, and they would, uh, they would train like crazy. They had this very strict diet that they, were, they had to follow. They weren't allowed any alcohol. They had to eat only food that would help build their body up. And so they would, they would be uh, exposed to extreme heat. They would be exposed to extreme cold. All so that no matter what condition it was, they could run to win. And that was, that was their thing. In fact, they were so into uh, this race that they would actually strip off all of their clothes and run completely naked. Thank God we are not into it that much today. But that's what they did. They would, they would strip everything off and run to win. So uh, there's actually a passage in Hebrews 12 uh, where, where it's, the author writes about um, stripping off every hindrance that so, e- that, that so easily entangles and run the race marked out for us with perseverance. And, uh, you know, uh, the culture would have understood that meant, okay, when I run, I, stri- I take off this shirt because it's going to slow me down. So I can run even faster. And then in verse 25, uh, he says uh, that, we don't, that, it, that we don't do it to receive an earthly crown, but we do it to receive a crown that will never fade away. It's eternal. You see, those runners, uh, they were running for a prize. But do you want to know what their prize was? A wreath of leaves. That's what they were running for. You would have to give me a whole lot of something or much better than a wreath of leaves in order for me to strip everything off and run in front of a bunch of people. Like, give me a robe or something. <laughs> but that's what they would run for. But we as followers of Christ, we are living for eternal glory. We are living to stand in front of the presence of God. To bring him glory. And use everything within, within us to make his name known. We're not just self-disciplined. You see, we've got a secret weapon. We are spirit-disciplined. The spirit helps us overcome the power of sin. Who can help me overcome the power of temptation of sin that I continue to do what I do not want to do? Thank God. It is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He has the power to help me overcome.
And so in verse uh, 26, Paul says, so run with purpose in every step. Let's say that again. Say it aloud, church. So run with purpose in every step. He says, I'm not just shadow boxing. In other words, I'm not fighting this imaginary enemy. There is a real enemy that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The power of God in me. Now that's the weapon that I have on my side. No weapon formed against me will prosper. So he says, I do what? In verse 27, he says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Training to do what it should do. Training to do what it should do. See, my body wants what it should not do. But I discipline it like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. I am not self-disciplined. I am spirit-disciplined. The Spirit of God helps me discipline my body, not to do what it wants to do, but to, but to do what it should ultimately do, to bring glory and honor to our Father in heaven. I run with purpose in every step. So today, church, uh, I want to give you two steps, two steps. As we as we close out this series, um, I've got two easy steps for you to do today. Number one. Identify what you want most. What do you want most? Maybe maybe you feel like you're not making much of a difference. Maybe that's, that's, that's what you're finding. And you want to make a difference. Maybe you want to develop better spiritual disciplines. Maybe you, you're going to find a great need for accountability in your life. See, God, God wants you to be closer to Him. And maybe you do want to make a difference today. Maybe that's the, the place that you find yourself wanting the most of like what do you want most today <clears throat> excuse me and number 2 what do you need to do now to have what you want most maybe you need to download the uversion bible and start a devotional maybe you need to wake up 30 minutes before uh, before you go to work just so that you can spend some time with god in the morning before you start your day Maybe you need to get more involved in your core group. Maybe you found this great need for accountability in your life, so you need to join a core group. You need to find a place to belong. Maybe, maybe this morning you need to join a core group. Maybe you don't belong to one, but you see this great need for accountability in your life. Maybe you need to join a ministry because you feel like you're not making a difference. Whatever it may be, Identify the steps that you need to take today so that you can have what you want most. Disciplined by the Spirit. And you may be wondering, Jeremy, why are you asking this of us? Like this, These seem like hard things to put in my life. This is hard for me to develop. <clears throat> because it's not enough to hear great things from guest speakers who come and share great insights and then we just take that information and just do absolutely nothing with it. 
So this morning, I want to call you to something bigger. Are you going to let seasonal change in your life push you further and further away from God? Or are you going to trust in Him with every season? How long are you going to walk around and around and around what God is asking you to do before you dive in? How long are you going to avoid that action that you're supposed to take? Are you going to keep procrastinating? Are you just going to keep, keep procrastinating? You know, change, it's difficult. It's hard. It's really hard. But change is necessary. And most importantly, it's possible. So are you going to take seriously what Paul teaches the church of Corinth? To discipline yourself and run to win. To walk with purpose in every single step that you make. Or are you going to keep pushing it off? You see, Jesus didn't do that for us. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He entered Jerusalem with purpose. And he walked with purpose in every single step. Everywhere he went. To the Garden of Gethsemane when he was struggling with the very human side of himself. Asking God if he could take the cup from him. But ultimately his will and not his own. You see, Jesus disciplined himself to do what he wanted most over what he wanted now. And he walked with purpose all the way up to a painful death on a cross. See, Jesus, he didn't procrastinate this. He took the steps with purpose and he died on a cross. And next week we celebrate that he rose again. But in order for us to really celebrate that, we have to understand that Jesus actually died. He went to the cross and died. He walked there with purpose to free us from sin and death. Thank God the answer is found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Next week, we will celebrate. But today, are you going to keep procrastinating this change? He has called us to pick up our cross and to follow him daily to walk with purpose. So are you willing to change to look more like him? Or are you going to continue to say, I'll do it tomorrow? And so God, today, as we close... Father, we look to you to help us discipline ourselves to do what we should. Father, we put ourselves aside and, and we look to you for, for your will to be done, for your kingdom to come. So, Father, in this race of life, Father, help us find the power to change through your Holy Spirit. To look more like your son, Jesus. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.